Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, how are you? This is Coach Kevin Furtado from the Championship Vision Podcast. Welcome to episode 219 with Coach Thomas Brown, Director of One Heartbeat Basketball. Coach Tommy Brown has 19 years of head collegiate co- coaching experience. He had 13 straight 20-win season and was an assistant at the University of Illinois. Coach Brown is a former director with PGC and has performed clinics all over the country. 18 years head collegiate coaching experience. 389 wins at age 46, 13 straight 20-win seasons, six-time Conference Coach of the Year, 2007-2008 NEI National Coach of the Year, participated in 11 NEI National Tournaments in 14 years, 96-21 and 21 record as a high school coach. He was playing basketball in his younger years and being a high school basketball coach, Brown embraced his coaching spirit and used it to mentor coach and teach young people from 1994 to 1998 in Orangewood Christian School that anything is possible with hard work and discipline. Brown shared his inspirational testimony with the Bluefield College from 1998 to 2005 as head men's coach and director of athletics where he coordinated all aspects of the program. Budgeting, scheduling, managing team travel, and intercollegiate athletics programs. He also provided a different perspective on coaching and athletics responsibilities for 11 years from 2005 to 2016 with Lee University of scheduling athletic contests and allocate scholarships and configuring operational budgets. Brown as a women's assistant coach with University of Illinois in 2017 and Presbyterian College in 2018. He was responsible for assisting with scouting, assisting with practice planning, supervising managerial staff, lend liaison between head coach and administration, event management, and coordinated all game day operations. Coaches, I think we're going to really get into today specifically the buzz defense. And also uh, part of his um, all-warrior culture program that he has put together at One Heartbeat Basketball. So let's welcome Coach Thomas Brown. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. It's a great honor to have Coach Thomas Brown. Uh, he is the director of One Heartbeat Basketball, and among other things, and he's a former college coach, high school coach. Uh, he's done a lot of great things, and now he's kind of forming. Uh, he's really doing a lot of great things with One Heartbeat Basketball, and I really want to kind of just kind of dive into really what he's doing. But Coach Brown, welcome to the podcast, man. I always like to get great minds on my podcast. Hey, great to be here. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. 
Hey, tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, and I, I've studied you, and I, I love how you've been a high school coach, college coach, um, I think assistant, head coach. I think you've done everything, right? Yeah. Can you tell us about your journey and how you become and transforming other coaches' lives? Well, I mean, I, I've really been at almost every level there is. I was a um, – uh, most of my career, I was a head coach on the men's side. At the NAI level, at Bluefield College, then at Lee University for 11 years. Uh, so I was a head coach for 18 years, won some games. Uh, and then I was planning on just working on my one heartbeat stuff, and I got a call from Matt Ballon at the University of Illinois on the women's sure. side, and he hires me as an assistant there. So, um, you know, I'd been in, been on vans and buses and now all of a sudden we were on charter planes and stuff. So that was pretty fun for a year. Then I was, a an assistant at Presbyterian college, which is kind of a low division one on the men's side, uh, started out as a, uh, junior college assistant. I was a high school coach for four years. I was also a high school AD for a while. I was a college AD. Uh, and so now I'm really focusing on this one, my one heartbeat company. And we do several things. The main thing we do is we try to teach people how to be tougher, to help teams be tougher more. It's about mental toughness. And that's my why. That's why I do run this company, One Heartbeat, is to help people, teams all be tougher. And I also, uh, we do a little bit of stuff with recruiting mentorship uh, through that and and, and help them with getting more exposure to colleges, we do virtual clinics, and we do uh, in-person clinics. Obviously, COVID has, has right. hurt us with the in-person, but, you know, it also opened a whole new uh, avenue for me, which was these virtual clinics that I've been doing. And I've done uh, so many big-time programs. It's been really fun. And I've done Princeton lacrosse and, you know, all these different colleges. So uh, it's been uh, – and, you know, now I'm – in business for myself and it's a it's a daily grind you get up and uh you gotta you gotta get it done or you know you're not gonna get uh any money so uh so it's a little different world right there but i'm also a parent that's been through the recruiting process too and i have uh three biological children and four stepchildren six boys wow. so you know pretty crazy around my house but and and they have been – two of them have already been through the recruiting process. So, I, I, I've seen it from all angles, and uh, so that kind of gives me – I just finished a book called The Truth About College Recruiting, and i um, excited about that. And you don't make a lot of money on self-published books, but uh, it was fun <laughs> to write. Right. Uh, my wife said that's just been therapy for you. That's really what it is. So – uh, but anyway, I'm looking forward to talking a little buzz defense. And, uh, sure. you know, I learned about the buzz from Matt Ballon at Illinois. And so I look forward to talking about that a little bit. Yeah, and I'm um, Mike Develbus and I have, have created a great relationship uh, along with Jerry Finkbeiner because I'm a buzz guy. And that's why, you know, I wanted to yeah. contact you. Uh, and both Mike and Jerry are really the guys that kind of – I mean, they, they're, to me, they're experts on it. Uh, yeah. uh, there's some other coaches and so forth. That's why I wanted to pick your brain. I know you know Mike uh, yeah. Yeah. from Illinois and so forth. So, but um, He's the yeah. father of it. I would give him, you know, he needs the, uh, you know, if Tex Winter's the father of the triangle, yeah. I, I'd say Mike's the father of the buzz. So. But I, I see more and more high school, great high school teams running it. Uh, Thomas, so I, I think everybody has a different version. That's what I want to see how everybody, I mean, I know it's a, there's some basic ways to run it, but yeah. I think with any defense, I think there's creative innovations of that yeah. particular defense. So, uh, I'm really excited about that. Hey, talk about your great mentors really quick. Talk about coaches that have, I didn't even mention Matt. Talk about yeah. guys who have really had an impact on you. Well, you know, I've had an interesting journey in that I was basically a head coach coming right out. So, uh, you know, that my college coach is one of the reasons why I do this. I did this. And uh, Gene Fitzgerald was a great mentor to me. He was a coach at Covenant where I played for so long. But, you know, I being a head coach for most of my career, um, you know, I didn't work under a lot of people. I worked for Matt, who's an one of the most amazing human beings there is. And, uh, but, uh, so there's so many mentors just through reading. That's where I, I've just learned so much. And one of the things that I think has helped me 
is, is I grew up dyslexic. So I've always kind of looked at things from a different angles and maybe that'll help a little bit on the way I see the buzz. Uh, because it, it, you're right. When you said the buzz is people have all kinds of different tweaks. It's like the motion offense. I mean, when someone says they run motion offense, well, that can mean a billion different things. And I think the one thing I can help, you know, listeners on this is just maybe some different outside of the box ideas on, on it. Hey, let's get right into it. Um, first of all, kind of give me, uh, Give me kind of like if you were teaching it to somebody who has no clue, kind of start from square one. It's like you were coming to a clinic to run it for me. Yeah, How yeah. would you start with that? Uh, I don't know if you have any shared video uh, that you want to share. Whatever you yeah. want to do, uh, Coach, take it away. Well, the first thing I tell people uh, <laughs> when I do, I, I do go do clinics, in-person clinics, and I teach the bus. And, right. and the first thing I say is the number one rule. Number one rule is you got to play incredibly hard. That's number one. So there aren't many rules to the bus, but that's number one. Right. Number two is the middle person, and I'm going to say middleman. I got in trouble for that at Illinois at times being <laughs> on the women's side just because I've been a men's coach my whole life. But the middle person – needs to take that middle away. I mean, they've got to stay between the ball and the basket and they've got to take that high post away. That is, that's an absolute without a doubt. And then number three, you got to have fun with it. You got to have active hands and you just got to, you got to sell out. It, it's, it's different than I, you know, the crazy thing about the buzz is I am a pack line man to man guy. That is how I made my calling and coaching. I mean, I had 10 straight years where we were in the top five defensively in pack line man-to-man -man defense. I'm telling you, and that's why Matt wanted me to come to Illinois to help help with that. Right. And so, like, I, mean, I went whole seasons without running zone at all. I mean, I was <laughs> that kind of guy. Sure. But when I went to Illinois, you know, Matt had this buzz, and I'd be like, I didn't even know what it was at first. I'd be like watching, but every time we went to it, the very, and I, and I would chart it. We got to stop every time on the first possession. What I mean by stop is they didn't score at least if it wasn't an offensive rebound, which right. is absolutely incredible. If you think about it, we were Illinois playing in the big 10 against Ohio state, Maryland, and not once all year did they score on the first possession. And like I, I said to Matt, I said, what are we even doing with this? Like he, and like, cause I was the man to man guy. And, and so he would do this and I'd kind of not pay attention and practice for a while. And then, but in games we would always get, it was like, we'd say, we'd call buzz and then the girls would just start going crazy and just, and we never <laughs> yeah. gave up. Now after about six or seven possessions, maybe they would start right. uh, beating it, but it was incredible that way. So, um, that that was a so it changed my whole philosophy on you've got to have something to go to to switch it up you've got to be able and i i mean i was like i was a i really felt like my pack line was better than jim boone the legendary pack line defense sure. and, and he's a friend of mine you know certification i felt like ours was better well you know now i I think you got to mix it up a little bit. And I think the buzz is a great mix up. I mean, it is a great way to change the pace of the game and it's so flexible. But when I go to, to schools and teach it, one of the main issues I think is coaches, high school coaches where I normally teach it, they want answers for every little rule. Every little thing, well, what do you do here? What do you do here? What do you do here? And I'll be like, you know what? You got to figure that out because in pack line, man to man, yeah, this is what you do. do, do. I mean, yeah, this is what you do with the ball screen. This is what you do here. Well, uh, the buzz, you've got to be able to think outside the box and you got to be able to make some adjustments at times on what's going on. Otherwise, it may not be for you. If you have to have a rule for every single little piece of the defense, then I would say maybe the buzz is not for you as far as running a ton. So, and if you've got it, you can't overcoach it either. That's that's Matt Ballant's number one, and maybe Mike would say it a little differently. But that's my, that's Matt Ballant's number one 
uh, philosophy on this is don't overcoach it. Make sure they are playing like crazy with effort. Keep that middle person between the ball and the basket. And especially if that person's a shot blocker, you're in great shape and can protect the rim, but not everybody has that. Right. But anyway, you keep that middle person in between the ball and the, between the ball and the basket, then um, you've got something. So yeah, it's interesting you say that because when you see, I'll show you some video of us. Uh, now we, we, I hate to say it, we we won our scrimmage 85-54. Okay, against a, yeah. against a school that's pretty good, but we have a big six-two girl in the middle, who I'm not, you know, she's not quick. So we got some high-low action beat on that. Yeah. And then, then when I put my quick girl in there, it's totally different defense. But it's, yeah. two, it's two different looks, though. It really – it's like two different defenses, no doubt. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you know what we started doing at Presbyterian is we started inverting it some, where we would, we would put our forwards up top and our guards oh. down low and make right. it hard to throw over. Right, and, yeah. And, you know, one of the things Matt says, too, is you always got to have pressure on the ball. Well, not, not in my mind you don't. I think you can actually back off the ball some and just shade it to the middle, whether the ball's on the wing or up top, and just and give it a kind of a different look. And one of the things I think is critical, too, that I think helps is every now and then running and jumping the point guard when they dribble over half court. I think that just keeps the whole, you know, if you think about when you're preparing to play somebody, if you know your point guard, even if it's once every 10th possession is going to get run, it's, they're going to run and jump them. I mean, that's something to, to think about and uh, sure. not knowing exactly what's happened. I think throwing that out there every now and then is, is effective. I really do. And let's start from the beginning then. I, we call our guards ones. We go ones, twos, threes. And I'm yeah. sure you probably do the same. Um, we really teach angle. That's one thing that when I put it in last year, we've gotten so much better, Coach. And you'll see on the video, our girls, they play angles. Mm -hmm. I, 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 we, we say funnel. I mean, we say funnel to the middle. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, <laughs> girls at the high school level panic by trying to make long passes. Oh, yeah. And we just get steal after steal. But there are some weaknesses to that. But talk about positions and everything. You know, yeah, they're definitely, you know, the and Mike does a great job in all his stuff of saying, you know, put your best rebounder on the bottom uh, right in the four spot, I guess you would call it. And right. you know your most athletic forward in the three spot and all that. And, and that's great. And your quickest person at the, you know, the one spot because they're going to be – most teams go to the right. And that's – all that's good, but uh, I like mixing that stuff up. I like moving people around. And, you know, if you get a – we I did a clinic for a, a guy's team in, um, in Auburn, Alabama, near Auburn, Alabama. And these guys have a five-star defensive end. He's like the number three player in the entire country. Right. He's like 6'6", six, six, and he plays basketball for them. So we put in the buzz and – it, like we put him up top, and he was so athletic. I mean, you talk about scared. Yeah. Uh, when these guards would come up to him, <laughs> so I mean, I just think you could you could play with it. That's one of the fun parts of it is thinking outside of the box. Now, traditionally, if someone's just learning this, yes, you know, the one, the the two, and then the three, and then the five person in the middle. But you know, um, I think playing around with it. I think what you're saying with your two different that's awesome having a, a 6'2 girl that can protect the rim and just, I mean, I'm telling you that you can run people off the three-point line like crazy, run them into right. her. You know, maybe you give up a little mid-range stuff right there, but right. I mean, she's going to protect the rim and you can err on the side of running people off the line, which I think is, is really important. And then, you know, one of the things when you're funneling the middle, like you say you were doing, it is so hard when you can test a shot when someone coming over the over your body. That is so hard to right. shoot like that. That is one of the things that I think is people don't realize. It's like a little gold nugget of this whole thing. Like 
you know, when people aren't used to shooting when some, if you're right-handed, someone coming across your body right there. I mean, that's right, hard right. to do. It really throws you off. So um, the angles, I, I like what you're saying on get them to the middle. And it's kind of, you got to reinforce to them, hey, listen, this isn't a matchup zone. You're funneling, you're funneling, you're funneling. So. Yeah, I think what I see too, we, we, I mean, we run a full court. I mean, even in our man-to-man, -man, we run two defense. We run, um, well, we call it chaos, okay? We call yeah. it, but, um, but our man-to-man, -man, we pick up, and we we always pick up right at the half-court line or above. I mean, yeah. we're, our goal is to pressure the point guard to death, and we do the same thing. So we're pressuring all over the court. In our 2-2-1, yeah. two, two, of course, we funnel sideline. Yeah. So it's a little bit different, but really everything kind of just works out, man. It's it's funny. Yeah, so and the two, impressive. I bet your two two one, you get back in the buzz some. I bet that's nasty too. I bet that's yeah. hard for people to. Yeah. And then if you're picking up man to man, you're playing like they think you're. They don't know what you're in sometimes. No, you know, if you're don't. picking up three courts, so they're trying to set up in a, you know, two one two against your man press. You know, your uh, yeah. I, I I bet that's really. That's really tough to deal with. Now, Absolutely. a couple of things, and I know I'm, I don't want to, I know you've got great questions and I don't want to take over, but one sure. of the things that I think that I've, I've played with this fall with several teams, and I've really loved it, is with the other team's best player, trapping them wherever they are. Right. If they're, on, if they're at the point guard spot and wing or trapping them whenever, wherever they are. And then the other team's worst shooter just whenever they catch it, back way up. And I'm telling you, it's been really, really difficult for – it's worked out. The coaches I've worked with have loved it. And if you think about it, if you trap the other two teams' best players and you just get way off of uh, – I mean, I, when I say way off, I mean you back up. You back up. Uh, you, you, they're open for a reason. Right. You know, Coach, right. I'm open. Yeah, you're going to be open. They want you to be. <laughs> So sure. I really think you can play with that in scouting reports and really be effective with that too. Um, and then mix it up sometimes. Maybe you you trap the, as Don Meyer used to call him, this isn't politically correct, the principal's kid. You know, you trap right, the sure. principal's kid yeah. out there. Um, and so, but you mix it up like that. Um, so. Yeah, absolutely. I, Coach, you have a video of uh, any clips you want to share? Uh, I, 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 I didn't have that ready. I am okay. so sorry. I messed that up, and I thought, I thought this was all, uh, all uh, audio, so I didn't realize we were showing this no, video-wise. No I am really sorry. That, <laughs> no I, call that, I call that shouldn't on myself. You know what that means? Like, like I should have done that. I should have. Right, right. It should's a terrible word if you think about it. You know, I should have had that prepared and so i mean i could start digging around as we talk here but i think it would mess up the uh you know i have a powerpoint that i did for a yeah. uh for a, a podcast on um the coaches clinic podcast that i did sure so, sure on yeah the i would love to see that um what i want to do is i want to share what some some clips and i want you to coach coach us up uh some okay. of the things you'll probably like and there's some things that we still need work in We've only played one game. So can I do that? Yeah, that, that sounds fun. All right. So you guys are getting to play. That's good. Everything's full steam ahead and everything. Full steam ahead right now. So we're just – we actually were supposed to have a middle school game today, Coach. Uh, hey, can you uh, can you see a screen at all right there? I can, yes. All right, and um, we're going to go play at Lincoln County, which is near Augusta, in our middle school, and they had a COVID issue. School shut down. I mean, I, I, to me, that's like wow. I just yeah. I guess you know these schools are so careful right now um, on what everybody's doing, but I mean, you this never. Teams up, there's, there's football teams up our way that are forfeiting playoff games. I mean, it is, it's really, it's sad. It is sad. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me, let me see if I can get this going for you here. You never know with, you know, 
Can you see the screen all right? Should I be can, yes. Yeah. All right. And this is um, this various clips that I got for you. Just um, we run, you know, everything. A lot of things are just out of our two two one. We 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 actually prep. We uh, we pressure on made and missed shots, Thomas. Yeah. Not the best shot, but. Our, you know, sophomore, freshman, senior, sophomore. So where is the big girl protecting the basket right now? Back. That's great. Back. That is really good, yeah. Yeah, this girl right here got a scholarship, the uh, Tennessee Chattanooga. Oh, wow. Um, Tennessee, uh, Destiny and McClendon, so. Here's our half court. I like the pickup point there. I think, do you guys ever pick up uh, three-point line and in sometimes? Do you mix up the pickup points, or are you always at half court right there? It depends who we're playing, Coach. Right now, we're, we're just kind of – we're flying around because I want them to start being aggressive. Um, and it depends who we're playing against. You know, if we're playing, um, we're playing against a better opponent. Yeah, we'll make adjustments. Um, so we want to start off all out. <laughs> you know, that's a great philosophy on anything you're teaching. You know, I think you always start out the preseason, which is where everybody is right now, right. doing what's hardest. I mean, if you like, how do you guard ball screens? Well, a hard hedge is harder than a switch. Well. I'd start out hard hedging and do – it's always do the easier thing later. Uh, so, I like that idea and that philosophy. So, um, you know, one thing that uh, – I like what you're doing with the point guard right there. I think you just mix up what you're uh, doing at times depending on the point guard too. I mean, maybe you don't collapse as close to her and you kind of spread out in those passing lanes a little bit. Yeah, Again, I, that's not really a mic in a – Matt deal, that's that's kind of my philosophy sometimes. It's just kind of back up and kind of bait her into the middle of the floor right there. That's a great I point, really, yeah. Yeah, and that's I really what I want to hear. Um, and, and I'm assuming you can even shape it as a 1-1, one, one, you know what I'm saying, almost like a you pick up almost like a 1-1-3 one, one, uh, matchup, kind of. Absolutely. I love yeah. that, too. I love mixing up the fronts of it as well and just kind of so they don't know exactly what you're in and um so absolutely yeah, yeah. i do like that and maybe you you know you pick her up and you show her you know just shade her to her left and um yeah absolutely i like that absolutely um yeah i mean you can even and with your three-quarter court man-to-man -man or that that you use i mean you could even pick up three-quarter court in the buzz and just have, you know, depending on their alignment, I bet you could really mess with some people too and pressure and then, then you're back into it. Yeah, yes, sir. Absolutely. So. Now um, you have a, you have something that's a luxury, which is your six, two girl. Not everybody yeah. has that, but <laughs> you know, sometimes I can see why now you were talking about your high post. As far as you pick up, it's going to be, if she's not quick of foot, her getting up there is going to be an issue at times. So where yes. I would really try to beat you is in the middle of the floor right there. And that's um, where they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're, um, our girls are just, sorry, but I, I know sometimes this can get, I'm going to go back to this really quick, but sometimes we have two different lines. I want to show you kind of both lineups. Um, and uh, we did give up some, what we call some high low action there where they go high post and they drop it down. But, it doesn't. It doesn't beat us that often, though. Yeah. And I would think long term too. I mean, against the best teams you play, with the big girls in, you're probably going to be more packed in against the best teams you play. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We'll just kind of see it through here, coach. Hopefully, it will kind of all play. But but we we pick out full court even on this shots, and I I know you're going to think this is crazy. 
I give my girls a lot of freedom on shot selection. <laughs> well, you know, shot selections, it's a crazy thing. It's a uh, confidence is, is, is huge. If they're confident that it's going in, then. You try to match up with the middle. Um, My big girl sometimes has a tendency to slap down, which is kind of a negative thing. We're really trying to work on her on how to contest. So she's just got to stay vertical. How often do you, what do you do when someone drives into the middle? Let's say they're on the wing and they drive into the middle. They split the, either the top or the guards. How do you, do you trap that? Or what do you do with that? Uh, we try to, uh, we try to um, so if they drive from the wing, they drive middle. They they bust. They they break. Um, they break those two guard to a guard of yeah. forward right there. Yeah, um, or if they're on the wing and they can penetrate the middle right there too, and then they pick up their dribble say uh, near. We cover down. We cover, cover down them. hard. We really have. You can kind of we scramble a lot, so yeah. we work a lot on scramble. You can kind of see here that our girls. We were talking to them yesterday. It's like we get some breakdowns because that's part of defense, but we recover well. Yeah. So it's actually – it's such a good team. They've run it for enough times or they, they know how to help each other. Um, I, I guess that's the only explanation I have is we cover up well. Yeah. Yeah. How much of player tendencies do you go over? We, um, well, really, let me just click this. Uh, you know, the first thing, I, first thing I noticed on yeah. those clips is how hard they're playing, and yeah. that's number one. Yeah. I mean, the kind of effort they've got right there, I mean, that you start there, and, and um, you can tell. I mean, they're playing really hard. <laughs> I mean, that's not your average high school team right there. So Yeah, yeah we're a small single A. We're, we're, we're a little school, so uh, – yeah. But, yeah, our kids do play hard. We take pride in that, Coach. I appreciate that. That's a big compliment uh, for us. Um, uh, what was your – did you say something? You, did you ask? Yeah, I was uh, – what was I even – what was I saying about um, – we were talking about tra – I don't – trapping or uh, covering down or uh, – I don't even remember what it was, what it was. I'll think of it here in a second. So. Yeah, we definitely cover down a lot. Um, and um, – it's that's part of the playing hard. We we feel like recovery is a big part of our defense because most girls. Hey, coaches, this is Nick Bartlett, marketing manager here at Dr. Dish Basketball, and we're thrilled to be a part of the 2020 Championship Vision Virtual Clinic. Coach Kevin Furtado has been a great friend of ours for a few years now, and we greatly appreciate his commitment to growing the game the right way and providing great resources to the basketball coaching community. At Dr. Dish, we're always here to help as well with our state-of-the-art equipment, drills, and content. If you're ready to upgrade to the best training machines in the world and join top programs like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, Louisville, and countless others, we'd love to have you as a part of the Dr. Dish family. Remember, we take trade-ins on all shooting machines, including competitors, for significant discounts. And just by registering for this clinic, you're eligible to receive an additional exclusive $300 off your next Dr. Dish purchase. For more information, visit our website at drdishbasketball.com. Give us a call or shoot me an email directly at nick at drdishbasketball.com. And make sure to follow us on all social media channels at drdishbball. Those teams can't pass the ball very good. And right. we, we get steals on those those um, those passes. And, you know, I, and even the guys teams, that li the guys coaches that listen to this, I mean – it's not easy to throw that cross court. There's very few teams that can throw the ball over the top of the defense. And, right, absolutely. you know, sure, guys can do it a little better than girls, but I, guys teams too, they struggle with that. And active hands covers a multitude of sins, like I always say. I mean, that kind of effort is uh, going to – I mean, you're going to be really good with that kind of effort. Oh, I know what I asked you. How much yeah. do you guys focus on players' tendencies on the other team? Yeah, uh, and I apologize about the video. I thought it would come up a little better. But um, we we do a lot. Well, my, my goal is to take the best player out of the game uh, yeah. and or if the, the, the point guard. 
So what happened in this game at halftime, check this out, Coach, it was 41-37 yeah. at halftime of a girls game. But every they were making shots. But what I knew was that wasn't going to we, – we, we play this style. So I knew in the second half – what I did in the second half is I went to my man-to-man and we yeah. just I put my best player on their best player yeah. uh, who was hot and then we just nullified her and they were tired. I mean, and then we went back to the press later. Yeah. One thing I think that you can do when you're drilling the buzzer, you're playing in half court is, you know, we would, we would say if the other team's best player, we would, you know, in practice, we would say, this is so-and-so. If they get a shot off, it counts as a basket. So, right. And so I think that really helps the mentality of that person can't even get a shot off. And, and that is a really good mentality to have. So I if you can that. take, you know, I, I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen a high school team. I've seen very few that have five people on the floor that can score. I mean, it just doesn't happen very often. And college teams, I mean, playing the percentages is huge with the buzz in my mind. I think you've got to – and probably Mike is more this is what you do here. But I really think you've got to play the percentages, whatever defense you run. Absolutely. Um, Let me try to move it on for you here. because I'll try to get a couple more for you, Coach. Um, what do you guys do with the corner? Uh, that's another. I want to try to show you. Um, and that would be probably – I bet this is where you're going with this. You, When the big girl's in, you probably don't have her trap the corner, but when you're smaller, you do yeah. trap the corner. I see the girl? That. Can you see that? That's my – Yeah, we, that's your she's a sophomore. Um, yeah. She transferred in. We got we, – you know, she was from a, a local public school that she came in with us here this year, but – She's yeah. quick as a cat, strong. Um, kind of watch how she moves. Um, now, the only thing, if you keep it paused right there, the only thing I would say that'd be interesting that if you did is bring is have that top left guard right there even be on twenty two. Even yeah. get a little more in that passing lane right there. Yes, yes, great point. And, but I tell you, the the girl with her hands up high, that is amazing right there. Elbows above shoulders is huge on. Mm -hmm on this defense. I mean, you got to have your elbows above your shoulders. And I love that. And make, you know, baiting that pass over the top right there is, is really good. And you know what also too, when yeah. you guys play on smaller floors, this mm -hmm. is even more effective. If you do, like on a high school link floor, it's even, I think even uh, deadlier if you can, if we can use that, so. Yeah, that's a great point, yeah. You're right, though. I, you're right, because we want to really force her. Um, yeah, you're, getting, you're giving her too many out. We want to take away this direct pass a lot better. Um, hey, it's kind, of an, it's kind of a neat, imperfect defense. So, and the kids <laughs> kind of figure things out a lot on their own. So, yes. um, yeah. But um, well, I think, you know, I would say the number one key I can tell that you have is, like, you've instilled on the, in them effort is number one. That's obvious just watching – a glimpse of it and and you're also not just like your last comment was you, you got to figure it out listen you it, you can't and and girls are more uh, they they want to have an answer for everything like what do I do this 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 and this well sometimes you got to figure it out that right. is a great that's a great teaching point right there so. yeah and I enjoy coaching like that I mean I um Plus, I'm getting too old, Thomas. You know, I want kids to figure it out on their own a little bit. But I think it's important for them. I think the older we get, the less we coach every play, you know. That's so true. All right, let's see how this possession works out here, Coach. Uh, but you know what? I'm not, I'm not upset about that. Yeah. You know, I think she didn't go correct angle, but – She's flying around. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, all these kids right here love basketball. They're not great athletes. They just play really hard. Now, Destiny should have come out. Yeah. She's hanging yeah. around. Yeah. And no contest. Yeah. So, backing up there, what are you doing with the hot post right there? What is – I mean, that's where you've got to keep the ball – away from how are you keeping it out of the hot post 
That is. Um, Sorry. Yeah, and that's that's a weakness right now, Coach. We gotta we gotta drill down a lot more. We just, we have a lot more work we gotta do on that. I mean, I think Aaron on the side of keeping it out of the high post is is so critical because unless the person can't play in the high post, you know, right. if they're putting a bad player there, then I think you can adjust to that. That's what Jim Beheim does with his zone sometimes. You know, if they put a yeah. bad player, they don't even guard him there and mix that up. I think you mentioned what we do in the corner is um, right now we're trapping it just because I want them to be aggressive, but that's not going to happen yeah. you know, throughout the season and so forth. Uh, we'll do some different matchups right now. Um, like, like we'll play a game coming up on the 21st. Uh, they haven't played a game yet. So I, I don't know their personnel. We're just going to yeah. go after them and make adjustments. Sure. Yeah, that's good. What do you do with the short corner? Uh, we'll, we'll trap it. We look just like in our, our man to man. We trap that baseline short corner. That's good. Hey, we love the trap. Now, th this girl right here, she gets way out of position here. She, yeah. She's okay right there. Right. And uh, she's my best player right here. But right now, she's playing. She's playing too much of a sagging zone. It's like right. Yeah. And Jada's my five's out of position. Yeah. Yeah, you got to keep the ball out of there. That is the. Right. That's a danger zone right there. That's that's crucial. So true, so true. Um, but you know what you're doing? You scrap for every rebound. You got to win those 50-50 rebounds, <laughs> too. Yeah. And I know you say that, but like crazy. I, and you, um, you know, when you invert it, I, I think that'd be cool for you to do sometime to try it. You put your forwards up top. Sure. I mean, they got to crash the boards there. They got to realize it's not hit and sit or create space. It is go get the ball when they're up top. Because they are, they got to crack. And then the smaller, if you have your guards on the bottom, then they just need to keep their person off the glass. Right, and right. just make sure, you know, whoever's in their area, just block them out. Don't worry about the ball. Those forwards got to go down there and get the ball when you when you invert it. Um, I really like that. We, do, I'm telling you, it's when you put your bigs, your bigger people, lot on the up top. It's really, it's really hard and funky. I think is what I would call it. Uh, just, it just gives them a different look. And um, the yeah. best guards, the best players, Ohio State, they were so good. Maryland, they were so good. But they were throwing it everywhere on those first two or three possessions. Right, so, right. So now, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. they figured it out. But you know, <laughs> no, and we're talking great coaches in the Big Ten. Those. I mean, it was unreal. Like, I would see them, and, and I know I could see the coaches. They'd be mad on the sideline when, you know, like, get but it's crazy how it was. Uh, no one, you guys, no one you guys will play will be that different in talent as us in Maryland, believe me. Right, I don't right. think I would have let my daughter play against them. They were so tough. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. It becomes um, – it, it's – they try to beat it mostly off the pass. I haven't faced any teams yet that, that really beat it, beat us off the dribble yet, Thomas, on that. I mean, when you're talking about dribble penetration, usually teams are beating us by getting the ball to the high post. So that's what we're yeah. really focusing on. And then they go high-low because our forwards don't drop. Cover down up. quickly. Yeah, yeah, cover down quick enough. To me, yeah, that's I think how you almost, I would recommend you drill, and I know you've already said you're going to do that. I'd recommend drilling that, like – Keep it out of there, but when it goes there, you got to dive down. Both of those, Absolutely. those forwards do. Um, you know, I was thinking some. I was going to tell you something else. I think is yeah. is interesting. Um, again, I'm. I think I'm going ADD here, losing my. I remember <laughs> right. here here now, in a I'll, second. I'll kind of show you. Um, I see what's on this. I just took some more clips, kind of see what's going on here, uh, and then. Um, I'll kind of cut it off and so forth, and we'll talk a little bit. But uh, I appreciate you helping me out. Uh, well, I think you're, you know, you don't need my help on this. You do it. You do it really well. And the main thing is they're just playing with great effort and great hands, and you know, it's a mentality too. That's that's number one. Yeah, I appreciate that, Coach. Um, <clears throat> you know, 
Uh, this is mostly our offensive stuff, and I apologize. I want to get a little bit uh, – I, I really want to get a little bit more of the man-to-man. -man. Yeah. Here's some more of our man-to-man. -man. <laughs> and we scrap hard. Uh, yeah, you really do. You really do. So. Now, here's our – You know, you're, you're, he you're obviously heavy pressure with your man-to-man, -man and everything you do is trying to push tempo. Yeah. And, you know, and that's a great way. It really is. That's a mentality to be created. But this also, the buzz will work with pack line too. And it's a great change yeah. of pace if you're, you know, packing it in, protecting the basket, being tough and physical. And then all of a sudden you're flying around with the buzz. I mean, I think that's a, uh, it's a good mix up there too. It's a great change of pace. It really is. Yeah. Well, and I really found that out, Thomas, uh, like we did the other day. It's, um, I, I, first of all, I couldn't believe that the other team scored 37 points in the, but they were at that time, they were, we, you know, we were a little bit slow in the contest. We were a little bit just kind of, you know, they, they found some open spots, but it's like, I said, no way this team can shoot this way in the, and I always feel like our defense is best in the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no doubt. Cause you're making those adjustments, uh, at halftime too on their personnel so um, yeah absolutely hey give me some give me the best if you're if you're coming to our school and say hey i want to really work, give me your best drills give me your best i know mike has given me his jerry's given me his how do you teach it is it more five on five or is it drill work well i will say this on matt i we never broke anything down with the bus okay. it's all about effort it was all about competition. I think competition is one of the critical ways to teach this. I mean, just, uh, I, I mean, I believe in competing in everything. If, is, if you're not teaching something new, I think it's got to, I think it's competitive. You make it competitive. And I actually did a video on that, uh, you know, competitive defensive drills. I, as long as anything, there's a winner, there's a loser whether you're doing a push-up, running a sprint, whatever, getting water early, whatever you're doing. Have a winner, have a loser if you're not teaching something new. So that's number one. That's the first thing that I would do. And then I think I think five-on-five five is better. I really do. Um, but, you know, like I said earlier, but take away the other team's best players. If you have to put a JV player or whatever you got to do, but make sure – that you are taking away their best player. And if they get a shot, again, you're competing. It counts as a point. Right. And I think that's a great way, great way to do it. I always reward, too, in the buzz, whatever we're doing, an offensive rebound is just like a score. That counts the same as a basket. And I think that creates a rebounding mentality in, in anything. And, two, also, if you're playing, let's say I bet, for example, you, how much depth do you have? How many? You don't. We, we have nine. We lost five seniors. We lost a lot of players. So we're kind of starting – well, it doesn't look like we're starting over, but yeah. we don't have a lot of numbers right now in our small school. All right. So what I would do is if I were – if you're starting five, your top six or seven are definitely a lot better. Yeah. I would, I would play against seven. I would play against eight, whatever it takes to make it competitive where the game's even. That's uh, – that would be the number one thing I would do. Compete in everything and then make it where the starters, where there's an advantage. Whatever you have to do, make it competitive. And so they've got to learn to win. I mean, that is – there's a scoreboard out there. I mean, it is. I mean, sure, we're trying to teach values. We're trying to teach lessons. But it's competitive. And, you know, they – and it's – and even more, everybody always asks me, what's the difference between coaching guys and girls? And there's really not that much difference. I'll be honest with you. Now, what they talk about in the locker room is a lot different. But, right. you know, yeah, it's sure. really not that different. And so um, just sometimes I think girls are less competitive. And so I think you've got to even emphasize that even more. But not as a whole. It's just every now – your girls obviously are competing. But I would say – Anybody listen to this, compete, compete, compete. That's number one by far and away. So yeah. it's figure funny. Out a way, yeah. figure out a way to make it 
I mean, even like maybe for you in the high post, like if they get it to the high post, it's a point for the other team. Yeah. You know, something where you just, um, you know, and have a consequence and a reward for it. I mean, I don't know. Even if it's getting water, even whatever. Yeah. You know, one thing we did at Presbyterian when I was an assistant there, the guy I worked for, Dustin Kearns, worked for Mike Young at Virginia Tech. He's one of the best coaches. Mike Young's one of the best coaches there is. Everything was competitive. Yeah. We had uh, two teams, and we would keep on the scoreboard. And every – I'm talking dummy offense was competitive. Who did the right. best job? Um, you know, under whatever we did, you know, free throw shooting stuff, uh, shooting, whatever we did, we kept score and we would, at the end of the day, have a winner and a loser. And it was really, um, you know, the downside of that is you're having to switch people back and forth with teams that kind of hurts that a little bit. But right. I'm telling you, that was really cool. We would have a blue team, a white team, end of the day. And man, it was, it was something because you got to, you get down in those games, three to one, it's game-like, you know? Yeah. Get down by 10 or 15 points on the game. What are you going to do? It's so – I love the – got to compete. Got to compete every day. I love that, Thomas. And we, we really believe in that. We believe in competing, rebounding, what we call Mudita, which is it's looking after your teammates and not after yourself. Those are our three kind of cornerstones. Uh, hey, tell me what you think. Cause I know you're a master of competition and toughness. What we do is we have a win chart. So we keep it right on the front of our – and all the players, we, I mean, whoever comes to the line first, they get a win. If they – you know, we play a one-on-one -on -one tournament every day. So yeah. you get five wins. Same thing. But um, we really believe in the win. But we, we keep it in front of everybody so they all know, you know, from one to whatever where they're ranked. What do you think about that? I love it. I love it. At Presbyterian, we had a like they would play pickup, and we would we would chart wins in that. I, right. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I yeah. I really do. I I think that's that's brilliant. Um, I mean, it's competitive. You know what? Life's competitive too. You cannot yeah. be soft. That's why I do what I do. Is these things the mental toughness aspect? You know, it it helps in life, and it's hard to. It's hard to be like my wife tells me all the time, you know, you're really good at teaching this, but you're not that great at applying it to your own life. I mean, it's hard. I've heard the same you know what I'm saying? I've, I've got these 10 qualities as a, of a warrior. And, you know, she hears me do all these virtual clinics. She's like, yeah. you're, you're really terrible at those. You know that? So uh, that's right. hard. It's hard. And culture is, I was talking to Jamie Beckler, who's one of the leaders. Yeah, I know culture. Jamie. Yeah. He said, yeah, we were talking about, being uh not in coaching right now he goes well you know what a lot easier to teach culture than to implement culture as exactly it is i mean yeah, for <laughs> really sure so, yeah um, um hey give give us just give us and um and i know you're i know you're you're busy you get the things you have to do and i appreciate you taking the time out uh talk about your warrior culture on i'm all about teaching tough i want to learn from you you're coming into our what is – give me some principles or things we can put into our program tomorrow. Well, you know, I, I've got ten qualities of a warrior that I, that I teach. And uh, basically, their mental toughness. And we, we've applied warrior cultures throughout history. And, and, but it comes down to these principles. Number one is don't complain. The opposite of complaining is figuring it out. When I was at Illinois, everyone kept talking about what Ohio State has and Michigan has, what Michigan had. But we were on charter planes. We were eating a Ruth Crisp. Seriously, <laughs> what are we complaining about? You right. know, the second, the second principle is warriors don't let small stuff bother them. Petty problems. What's a petty problem? What's a real problem? War, if you're tough, you don't worry about officials' calls. You don't worry about getting yelled at by coach when it's not your fault. You don't worry about a slippery floor or a tight rim or lighting. I mean, Warriors don't let little stuff bother them. That, that's huge in basketball. It really is. Or in all sports. Uh, and, you know, you got to find the positives with things, too. The, one of the qualities, too, is Warriors realize that their parents and friends are not objective. They're not. I mean, I'm not objective towards my kids. 
I, I mean, I think they're so awesome. But I mean, I tell my sons, to, I tell my sons when they leave, hey, shoot it every time you got it. I mean, I mean I'm that parent. And so, yeah. uh, you know, w- Warriors are not objective. One of the one key point about Warriors too is, and we'll show a lot of Kobe videos, is mastering the boring. Warriors, they understand. You know what? Fundamentals sometimes are boring. I got to know Larry Nance Jr. who worked with Kobe Bryant, and he said Kobe Bryant would work on the same move for 45 minutes at a time. Sure. That's mastering the boring. boring. Um, you know, Warriors don't That's resent true. other people's success. If you look at it, if you're and you've got your saying, I, that's why my company's called One Heartbeat. One team, one heartbeat. You got to right. get outside yourself. Things aren't going well for you. Are they going well for, you know, are you going to help your teammates? And I can watch a team, and in five minutes, and I could watch your team just like that. And I could say you had a great culture. I could watch your bench for five minutes and tell you if you're going to reach your potential or not. You know, a quiet bench is a losing bench. A quiet gym is a losing gym. So, um, I mean, I literally, I no, no doubt, I could just wouldn't watch a play on the floor. Just watch your bench for five minutes. So I could tell you if you're going to reach your potential. So, you know, those are some of the qualities right there. The number one thing, though, is you've got to have a love and a passion for your teammates, and you don't ever give that power away either. You know, don't let someone be a, a Roku to your emotions. I mean, think about that. I mean, I'd have players, coach, you're taking away my love of the game. Don't ever give someone that power. And you got to get outside yourself. That's what a warrior does. So. And that is hard to do because it's not being done a lot. I mean, I, um, it's you know, easier it's to teach than it is to implement daily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I do watch a lot of games. Well, not as well, of course now we can't really scout that much. I mean, it's going to be a different time now. But you're right though, Thomas. When I go to games, I watch the bench. That says a lot about the culture of their program. On that, um, you just said that. I mean, I, I I totally agree with that. And you know, talent obviously matters a ton when it comes to winning and losing. But you can tell if they're going to reach their potential or, or not. I mean, how do you act? You know, how do you bring energy to your team? And anyone can bring energy and communicate when things are going well. The number one reason teams don't communicate and they don't bring energy is they're looking inward, not outward. They're focused on themselves rather than the outward group. And the number two reason is they're tired. You know, so you got right there, you got to manufacture it. Again, anyone, when you're on a 10-0 run, who can't give high fives? Who can't say great job? So it's true. when they're on a 10-0 run, that's when leadership comes into play. And I've got the whole be the thumb philosophy. I don't know if I've shared that with you. I that, saw that. I want you to talk about that. Yeah, for Well, sure. I mean, you know, every team or most teams have someone like the five fingers. The index finger is someone who doesn't embrace responsibility. They're always pointing at their teammates. Ah. Good point. You know, the middle yeah. finger, and when I I'm not flipping anybody off here. That's I, I didn't a bad see that. attitude. That one's easy to remember, isn't it? Right. You know, I find that people have told me I'm the middle finger when I'm not leading an organization. The right. ring finger is commitment issues. That's the person on the team that's late to practice. They're not, you know, they're not working on their game outside of practice. They're just not committed. And then the pinky. That's the one on the team. You don't even know why they are there. So, you know, you don't want to be one of those four fingers. The thumb is by far and away the most important finger. I played quarterback in high school, broke my thumb. It's like the whole right side of my body was, you know, was out of whack. So that's why my Twitter handles be the thumb. That's why my emails, you know, I've got an email address be the thumb. So be the thumb. And you don't want to be one of those other four fingers. And one of the things I tell people when is it okay to yell at a teammate? And this is my philosophy. If you're, you can't be one of these four fingers and yell at a teammate. Right. You, know, you can't, I mean, so you got to be the thumb if you're really going to have teammates listen to you. That's a great point because I have, you know, I mean, we have players that will do that and then we're trying to coach them on, hey, you got to do that yourself. I mean, if you're going to yell at somebody for not being in position, well, you better sprint your tail back yourself. Because nobody's going to listen to you. So, I mean, yeah, and I mean, talent <laughs> doesn't give you the right to yell at your teammates. Right. So many teams think that's the case. My daughter played with Ryan Howard, 
at Bradley Central High School. Ryan Howard's the number one college player in the country. Well, Ryan wasn't exactly a hard worker in practice. And because she didn't have to be, she was 6'2, could dunk. She could play for the guys' team. She should have, really. So, but Ryan sometimes would dog it in practice. Then in games, she would yell at my daughter, and my daughter would get so mm. mad. I'm like, you know, I just had to run and practice for you yesterday, and you're going to yell at me? Even though you're so – talent does not give you the right to yell at a teammate. That's crucial on so many teams. I mean, you can't – if you're not the thumb, you can't, you can't yell at a teammate. So. so, Coach, I mean, we as coaches – you're coaching us up because we as coaches need to foster – the best way to be a leader. I mean, that's not being a leader. Sometimes yeah. the best leaders are action leaders. I mean, yeah. um, or they say less. Yeah. And they just, they're certainly not those four fingers. Right. You know, right. If they don't embrace responsibility. And, and, you know, so many coaches out there, they treat their top players differently and they don't hold them accountable. And that, that, that's, that hurts. I mean, that hurts your team. And I see it so much. And I get it. You know, you don't want them to transfer. You know, you don't want them to leave. I mean, right, but right. I'll tell you, it, that's, a, that's a culture killer for sure. If your best player can, you know, if they're not held accountable. Uh, I, I mean, and I, I'd say that is for young coaches, that is one of the main mistakes they make. I mean, you've got to – sure, you got to have great relationships, but you've got to hold everyone accountable. So. Yeah, and my, one of my favorite coaches, you probably know him, Gene Durden at Buford High yeah. School uh, out here. He's one of the – I think he's one of the best coaches uh, in the country, particularly at the high school level. Um, it's, it's a certain – you're going to play a certain way, and if you don't want to buy in, the door's right there. Of course, he has great players, but he, he definitely have, holds everybody – talks about accountability, right, where everybody has to be held accountable. Yeah, and it's hard when mom and – you know, when mom and dad, they're – Tell them how great they are, and the offense should be designed around them. But exactly. I mean, it's, it's a tough, it it's is a tough. tough deal. So, and um, and that's one of the you know the differences in girls and guys too that I've found is girls' parents seem to be more involved than guys' parents. I don't understand. I don't know what that is, and maybe it's maybe I'm the same way with my daughter. Like I don't know, but it it's a different. That's a a roadblock that girls coaches have to go through a little more than guys coaches I think so even at the collegiate level it's a right. different world but I'm at the end of the day though I mean if you're not holding someone accountable they're not going to respect you right and if, I mean you've right. got to make sure that you're and I worked for a guy that he would he would bring our best player in he'd say hey listen I'm going to rip you like crazy today just because they got to know that I'm getting on you too and and i understand why he did that so yeah no doubt you got to build that relationship with all the kids so they understand that for sure yeah. thomas hey i really appreciate you coming on I, I want you i want i want my listeners to know who you are where yeah. they can contact you first of all i would love to have you uh talk to my team and yeah. talk to them about what you see i think that would really motivate them uh yeah. maybe send me a little youtube video say hey i I love what you guys are doing. This is what you can work on because I yeah. love sharing that with coaches. But how how do people get a hold of you and talk a little bit about the services you provide? Well, the best way, you know, follow me on Twitter at be the thumb, and uh, you know my email address is be the thumb at yahoo.com. Be the thumb yahoo.com. Send me an email, and uh, my website is one heartbeat dot org and uh you know you can look up what i do but i do virtual clinics and in-person clinics and uh love doing it um you know virtually i'm doing a ton of those right now just with teams i usually with basketball sure. teams do three or four sessions and just love it and they're very affordable i only charge fifty dollars a session for a virtual clinic that's it right sure. because um so you know so they're really cheap and i've gotten great feedback on them so that's you know just just email me at be the thumb at yahoo.com. I would love to, you know, work with you virtually. It's just, it's easy. It's a no brainer. If you want me to come to your school, that's very affordable too. I, you know, I'm doing a bunch over the holidays and hopefully in the summer, I usually do about 40 or 50 in the summer, but this okay. summer was wiped out and hopefully we'll be able to get back and, and do, do that. So, um, but anyway, I love, I love the, the why is I'm trying to help as many people be tough because you know what life, uh, life isn't fair at times, so you gotta you gotta be tough. 
Absolutely. And I really want you to partner with me on my podcast. I love you. Um, we'll talk about that later and so forth and kind of, cause I really want to share with coaches uh, the services you provide. Uh, cause we all need it. We all need help, man. We all need growth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, as coaches, I mean, you know, it's, it's hard. And so I love mentor, the mentor aspect of coaches too, you know, just coaches need people to listen to at times. Right, and, for sure. You know, we're all going, it's a, tough deal it's hard to have someone to you know administrators a lot of administrators have never coached they really probably never played they were probably picked on by the athletes so it's hard at times you know they don't understand so it's uh it could be it could be difficult yeah and we need honest feedback right because we're not going to get we're not going to get the right feedback from an administrator we're going to get it from we need actually an outside source to get us honest feedback right isn't that what you're all about yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, I, I always struggled when someone who had never coached a game tried to tell me something. Yeah, you know, that sure. was a that was always a struggle for me. So uh, anyway, I I can imagine it is. Yeah, we we just need to someone who's been there, been through it. You know, and uh, that's that's one of the things I do. One of my favorite parts of the whole one heartbeat is I just find coaches call me and say, "Hey, what do I? They just need somebody to listen to them that's been through it. Understand? Absolutely." Coach, thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate your sharing. I uh, give us some buzz knowledge, some uh, warrior culture. I really appreciate it. And I wish you the best. And uh, let's keep in touch. I'm going to send you some more video. Okay, uh, great. If you don't, um, and uh, we would love to have you uh, help our program out. So I really appreciate you coming on. I'd love to do it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate All right, thanks, you. Thomas. Okay, buddy. We'll see you. Hello, my name is Coach Charlie Miller. Headmaster Trainer with the TAC Basketball Academy in Dallas, Texas. I'm here to promote the upcoming Championship Vision podcast clinic series brought to us by Coach Kevin Furtado from Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. Coach Furtado is a well-respected, sought-after coach and found other coaches like him to share their best practices and secrets to success with players, parents, and teams. The clinic will provide two types of virtual clinics lecture style via Zoomcast, and on-court instructions with coaches and players. Again, my name is Coach Charlie Miller from Attack Basketball Academy, where we work with kids from third grade through high school in a positive and growth-oriented atmosphere that promotes a whole-body approach to well-being. Our programs are designed not only to improve your child's ability on the court, but also to teach him or her valuable skills that will serve them throughout their lives. Coaches, I hope you enjoyed the podcast of uh, Coach Thomas Brown. Uh, just a great innovator of the game, uh, building the warrior culture. I talked a lot about the buzz defense. I really enjoyed talking to him about that defense. Hey, if you want to get 22 hours of basketball instruction for a just a minimal price, please contact me at kevin.pertato at lakeoconeacademy.org. Uh, give me the code CHAMP1, and I will give you a 50% discount on getting our my, my clinic series of all the top high school basketball coaches in the country. I got great coaches out here. Um, so please uh, send that to me as soon as you can. I will, I will give you a 50% off the $39.99 rate. You can't beat it. 22 hours of basketball video instruction. So thank you for tuning in to the Championship Vision Podcast and take care.